the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to hour two of tonight's Andrea K Show. Right on along with me is my boy, DJ Carrot Sticks. All the carrots. I forgot to ask you if you had a good weekend, my dude. Great weekend. How was your weekend? Well, it was good, except I made a toxic keto uh, mini pumpkin cheesecake that was a hashtag fail. I mean, uh, you know, lesson learned. If I'm going to eat dessert, I'm going to eat dessert, babies. All right. Got to move on, though, because you know what's yummy? It's my my other boy. It's my DJ, (laughs) Brian Maloney. My DJ, Spicy Fried Chicken. (laughs) All right. All right, DJ, uh, spicy fried chicken, Brian Maloney. I mean, what do you make of all the GOP shutdown controversy, everything going on with the continuing resolution? We got the infighting with Matt Gates and Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, yeah. And can I get to that in just a second? Because I just want to tell you that the good news that that girl in upstate New York, you know, the nine-year-old that was lost in the woods, they thought yes. was, uh, you know, ab- she was abducted, but she's been found alive. So it just came out like two minutes ago. So Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I tell you, that was on my mind all day. I mean, I the stories like that, I can't even stomach. Um, and I guess they've arrested a guy. So thank God she's alive. Uh, I I really was fearing the worst than that one. Yeah, because usually if you don't get them within 48 days, you know, they're gone. Yeah, yeah, you have hours. It's been over 48 days. Yeah, so wow. Now I just have to pray that he didn't do too much damage to her and that she's able to recover emotionally from the trauma. But that's wonderful, wonderful news. Okay, let's get back to the trauma that is our U.S. government and the uh, GOP and the shutdown shenanigans. Yeah, so, I mean, I think it's uh, unbelievable that the basically unit party that, of which, you know, Kevin McCarthy is absolutely, you know, a proud member, um, to turned around and they've been trying to turn the entire Washington machine against Matt Gates. And the bottom line here is, you know, they're trying to run him out. I think they're trying to expel him from Congress entirely is what I, I saw. Some headlines like that, I thought, well, how in the world would you do that? Um, or expel him from the caucus. I don't know. There were differing headlines and differing uh, thundering, uh, you know, statements about about what a threat to democracy Matt is. Because you know, God forbid, we don't have trillions of dollars to send to Ukraine or whatever. But the yeah. point is, they're rallying is the problem. Yeah, they're rallying around Gates using all the same talking points like Democrats. The big talking point today is that it's personal. It's personal yeah. with Matt. It's not personal. And Matt Gates went to the floor and says, tell me about this side deal that you cooked up with Joe Biden. That it basically that if they took the if the House Republicans took the Ukraine funding out of the continuing resolution, that he would turn right around and put, and, and bring that uh, funding to a vote uh, immediately afterwards. It was clear that he had cooked that up. And um 
Um, it's just it's just despicable. I wanted to get your take on that, but I also oh, yeah, got to move. Yeah. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, well, because I mean, the bottom line here is why didn't McCarthy even tell anybody on his own side about that crooked deal with Biden, and and how could Gates come out of that as the bad guy? I mean, McCarthy is the bad guy in that, and there's no no other way to argue that. Yeah. Now the uh, the uh, latest is the Freedom Caucus is telling him they want him to hold off on the motion to vacate until they get through the 45 days and try to get the individual appropriations bills through. But with McCarthy as the leader, it's going to be it's going to be a compromise, you know, big spending, you know, crap show. Yeah. And Newt Gingrich was even weaponized and Newt Gingrich, of all people, against Gates. So Newt has been out tweeting up a storm with, you know, not someone that you would expect to be doing that. But I guess he's one of them, too. I don't know how many people we have left, uh, you know, that haven't sold out to the to the machine or whatever. Not many. Well, Newt Gingrich, to me, has always been establishment. He's not really well, MAGA, in my opinion. Yeah, well, not MAGA, but he has, he's been on our side enough times in the last True. year or so that, yeah. True. I mean, it was disappointing to see this, let's put it that way. Well, it, it, since you're a great strategic mind, I've actually got to shift gears to the Democrats because RFK Jr. said, I'm running. He did, he did a video over the weekend where he did a backflip into the water. I don't know what body, what ocean it was or body of water. He does a backflip and saying that he's announced that he's running for president as an independent. He says he's finally he's finally pulled the trigger, says that he's sick of the Republicans electioneering and with things like uh, electioneering on the primaries where they have just come out and said they're just flat out not going to count any votes in any primary states like New Hampshire if it's a vote for anybody but Biden or their chosen nominee, because we know it's not going to be Biden. What do you think of him making this move? And, and, and whether do you think it's actually going to hurt Biden or not? Well, I mean, RFK Jr. had no choice at this point but to announce that he would run as an independent because the, the DNC has already pre-stolen, basically pre-rigged the primaries, as you just said, uh, for Biden. So if Biden is still alive and breathing and able to sit upright in a chair, and I don't even know if those will be necessary, if he is, you know, if there's still a heartbeat, he will be their nominee again, which, and I hope he's still around to be their nominee because he's the most beatable uh, clown there ever was. So, so RFK Jr. had no choice but to do this because he would be locked out and shut out of, of delegates. He wouldn't even be allowed to campaign in Iowa or New Hampshire, not even to campaign. So you set foot in Iowa or New Hampshire, uh, and I guess you're disqualified from delegates in South Carolina. That's I think that's what the plan was. So, but the, so I've now seen polling today. I don't know if you did, but there's polling on this to see, okay, uh, independent RFK Jr., who does he pull more from? And the, the results were he pulls slightly more voters from Biden than he does from Trump, but it's really close. And it's like a, maybe 1%. Biden loses like a net 1%. So it helps Trump only a little. But here's the thing. I think if you're RFK Jr., what you're really doing is you're angling to be somebody's VP uh, because then, I mean, you could be either one of their VPs, right? You could be Biden or Trump's VP. So, I mean, I realize they'd have to deal with Harris, but I mean, you know, they're going to figure that out at some point. Uh, but the point is, I mean, he's in a position there to potentially say, okay, you don't want me there as a spoiler? Um, you know, well, let's let's talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of VP, DeSantis has come out and said that he wouldn't be Trump's VP. Your well, thoughts? He, 
<laughs> well, it's hilarious. I mean, DeSantis has done absolutely everything wrong. He's run one of the worst campaigns I've ever seen in my life. Uh, he ran a campaign that wouldn't even get him elected to a you know a minor state position, uh, much less the pre- <laughs> you know. I mean, I, yeah. I really it was it was beyond amateur hour. It's like he hired you know middle school interns or something. You you really couldn't do it worse. And he never improved. He never showed any charisma. I mean, look. You know, we have these debates. What happens? Does DeSantis ever get a bump? Trump's not even on stage. DeSantis comes out behind each time because he is bleeding his own support. It's not has nothing to do with Trump. Uh, it yeah. has to do with DeSantis. Uh, you know, is not the guy that anyone, any, even not any of us thought he was. Um, he, he's starting to look like a guy who just got lucky, uh, got elected governor. I mean, yeah. he, he seemed like yeah. a decent leader of Florida for a while, but now I think politically he's finished after this he, he there's no sign where you could say okay well maybe, you know four years he'll come back real strong i don't see that i see a no. guy who doesn't come back no when people said when he th- we're talking to brian maloney from red wave america when people said that he was not only going to not be able to beat trump but he was going to ruin his career i thought oh that's a little much um but i'm actually starting to think that because he's lost so much respect and you're right i mean you're looking at him and going well you know is is he really, you know, this great governor? Um, I've questioned, I need to go deeper into some of these so-called successes he's had to see where they really, like when he took on Disney, did he really take on Disney? Like, for example, uh, yeah. the, the don't say gay bill. I actually, at the time it came out, I was like, why is this such a triumph? So they, nobody can talk gay to, to uh, any, any kids from third grade down. So it's okay to talk about this with fourth graders. What kind of big yeah. accomplishment is that? So I've always right. felt like there was a little bit of smoke and mirrors in terms of how truly conservative and anti-woke he is. Yeah, he always seemed to be kind of playing a cartoonish version of what the right stands for instead of instead of really understanding us and what we're all about. And a lot of it seemed tailored or tailored around what he sees on Twitter. And, you know, Twitter is not reality. Twitter is a very, very small subset of the public and you can't run political campaigns just based on what people are tweeting. It's too, it's too narrow of a demographic there. So I think a lot of that was misreading the room or the country, the world. well, right. And, you know, this debate, I actually watched the debate last week and, um, and the only thing good that I can remember that he did, well, first of all, I, you know, you must have been when you watched that, if you did. I mean, Fox News, just what a, sh- a shell yeah, yeah. of their former selves. That was yeah. absolutely, they humiliated themselves. And so did Dana Perino. I mean, did she not think that anybody would that she had been kissing uh, Hillary Clinton's big wide behind the week before the Clinton Global Initiative? Well, that's you know, she, event. Yes, she's, I mean, she's what, all over Hillary. Yeah, what yeah. It, yeah, I mean, is, does she need to come out of the closet and make an announcement, Dana Perino, and that she's in love with Hillary Clinton? But but the only thing good that I could say that I remember of DeSantis was that he shut down the stupid attempt to turn the debate into an episode of Survivor. You know, he really had no great moments. You know, De- well, Ramaswamy. Yeah, nobody was talking about him afterward, Andrea. They were they were talking about Nikki Haley screaming at everybody, and you know some other little moments that came. And uh, to me, I thought the takeaway was. That 
they shouldn't be having any more of these debates at all because none of these no. people has any shot of being president. So what are we here for? What is this going And as you said, uh, I saw many, many people saying afterward, wow, Fox has fully turned into MSNBC. Those were MSNBC, Rachel Maddow questions being asked. Uh, you know, so yeah. talk about loaded. So you can see the full uh, passing of the torch to Lachlan Murdoch or whatever. They have fully yeah. merged that with the left on Fox now. Brian, can you stick around one more segment? Oh, yeah, yeah, you bet. Oh, great, because Gavin Newsom made an announcement, and I got to get Brian Maloney's take on that. Stay tuned. Andrea Kay, bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Hey, don't forget now, you can always uh, download our podcast if you miss any part of tonight's show or you want to hear it again or you want to share it with all your friends because you never want to miss any part of the Andrea K. Show, especially when I got my good friends, DJ Spicy Fried Chicken. You can get our podcast wherever you download your podcast. We've got a 24-hour hotline for you guys to call, 844-814-5227, and email me at andreakshow.com. All right, so now that Lady DiFi passed away uh, last week at the age of 90 or Monday or Sunday, whenever it was, at the age of 90, um, it left a hole in the Senate, although she was in her sixth term and, you know, really just didn't want to release the grip of power. Uh, her replacement was up to Gavin Newsom to appoint who he wanted. He had already stated that he wanted to appoint a black woman. Well, he did so today. He appointed uh, LaFonza Butler from Emily's List, which is a pro-abortion baby killing outlet. And um, but but what what makes her especially attractive to Gavin Newsom is that she's not only black, she's not only a woman, but she's also a lesbian. She checks all the boxes and she and she wants to kill babies. She checks all the boxes, doesn't she, Brian Maloney? Well, yeah. And so, Andrea, the thing is, is that, you know, what my takeaway from this, first of all, I, you know, Gavin Newsom has spent the last two or three weeks in particular trying to reposition himself as a moderate. And a lot of the talking heads on Fox have been playing along with this, that Gavin's actually a moderate. He's going to be a very uh, moderate, you know, president of the United States. So get ready for it, blah, blah, blah. And then we see this. Uh, like, Well, no, this is this is the Gavin that we've been seeing all along. This is the guy uh, who is constantly trying to score points with the extreme left that he's a part of. But, he, you know, let's face it, he's the wrong ethnicity. He's the wrong gender. He's the, Gavin's the wrong everything. So he has to do all this to stay in their good graces, you know, and be the presentable far leftist guy who can get elected president, which is what I think his whole, you know, remember, he was born and bred by the Getty family to be a future president of the United States. This has been in the works since he was a baby. So, I mean, there's, but, you know, so looking at this though, he, he didn't do this very well. I mean, he gave a press mm-hmm. conference of 15 minutes long where she wasn't even present. And guess why she wasn't present? Because she's in Maryland. You know, which yeah, is she doesn't she even live in California. In so that, yeah, he couldn't, have her at the, couldn't have her available for the reporters because she would have had to fly the six hours from the East Coast. I mean, not well, he should have done it though. Madness. He should have done it though because that was he, absolutely yeah. stupid. Well, she should have been on the next plane uh, as soon as fine science passed and he knew he was going to pick her. He should have said, look, you got to get on the next plane. Get out here. I've got a short presser. you got to be there. Answer a couple reporter questions. So what does he do? He gives a 15-minute press conference. Of course, the reporters are asking about the fact that this woman lives in Maryland. Uh, and he 
ducks the questions, uh, you know, and, and then just calls it at night. And, it call, you know, I mean, it, it, to me, it was absurd. It was very, very poorly handled on his part. And the question is, it's the clear constitutional violation. She is not a resident of California. And they're saying, well, she, you know, she sold the home and she'll just come back and re-register herself. That's not how it works. At the time you are appointed, you have to be a resident of California, not uh, two months later or whatever, you're supposed to be a resident at the time. But the other takeaway from this, Andrea, is if you looked at her background, and you pointed out how she checks all the boxes. But the other part of this is I want you to see her resume and her background because what it demonstrates is how hardcore leftists always have a landing place career-wise. They always have a place yeah. to go and make the big money. And if anything goes wrong, there's some other group to rescue. So go back to her resume. And where was she recently working before Emily's list? She was the head of political policy at Airbnb. Okay. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Airbnb. So, so what you see, you consistently see tech companies, Silicon Valley companies, the ones that see all the ones up and down the West coast, whatever you see, they always provide a happy home for these lunatic left-wing, uh, you know, cooks. And that's, and if it wouldn't have been Airbnb, it would have been Amazon or Starbucks or somebody else. It would have been one of the others or Netflix or, you know, Microsoft. It would have been any of them. But as a conservative, now, would you even try to apply at these companies at this point? Because there's really no point. As soon as they see any uh, mention of a conservative views or a tweet that you, you know, anything that you've ever done, you're not even going to get an interview. So, I mean, this is the the weaponization of corporate America by the left against everyone else. It's fully complete. And now we see these people. All you have to do is go be a screaming leftist that checks the boxes that you mentioned and you have a cush two, three, four hundred thousand dollar job for life. Yep. And then on top of it, um, uh, you know, she's able to parlay that into now a Senate position. A Senate position. position. Yeah, Yeah, but you could have said the same about Kamala Harris, who really wasn't qualified either. So, well, of course, that's my point. You know, here, I mean, it's not even just about identity politics. It's identity politics mixed with somebody who has absolutely no qualifications. And these are the same people that want to tell you that America is systemically racist and tell black kids that they have no hope for any kind of future while they're grifting, you know, high six figure jobs at these places like Airbnb. Why couldn't he pick a resident of California? Yeah, yeah. How hard and, 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 1.2 black women live in California. Somebody was in the media was pointing that out. He couldn't have picked one of them if he had to have, you know, if, if the person had to be of that background, he couldn't pick someone who actually lived in California. Why not? Why this? Well, woman? you know what? There was some rumors that he was supposed to that he was floating the idea of picking Oprah. She's black. Right. There she's were a liberal, rumors right. There were. And yeah. she's a less. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, oops. Uh, oops. Uh, technically, yeah, there's some there's some guy, uh, you know, that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a joke. sure. Yeah. Stedman is such a stud man for her. Yeah. Right. I mean, please. <laughs> Who's watching that movie? Ain't nobody believing uh, no that. No one ever believed. No one ever believed that no. guy was for real. Nobody ever did. No. Uh, and the thing is, though, is that some people are saying that that by doing by rewarding this woman for uh, with the Senate position that she's actually her main. 
asset that she brings to the table for Newsom. Like, why would he appoint hers that she's so big in the fundraising and in the abortion, you know, you know, uh, industry, the baby killing mm-hmm. industry that she she's got access to a lot of funds for him down the road to run for president. Exactly. And, that te- and if that's true, that tells me. That he may not be thinking 2024. I don't, I think he knows 20. I'm still thinking other people are starting to come out from Ted Cruz and others saying Bill Maher, I think, and a few other people saying Sarah Palin, Michelle Obama. With the identity politics situation going on, his only way really to ride into the, to the White House, in my opinion, is to wait until 2028, maybe, um, or to go in as VP because there's just no mark, there's no market for an old white, white dude on the but Democrats that want a, a black has, woman. And yeah. I think it's going to be Michelle. But he has to have a campaign ready just in case, because if yes. Biden were to suddenly pass, that it would be so bizarre, the events that would occur in the coming days, that you don't know what could happen. He would have to have a machine in place just in case. Because what if Michelle Obama says, no, I'd rather be on the beach in Hawaii. I don't want to deal with all this hassle. I don't want to be president, which she has said before, by the way. Um, yeah. You know, so, and then and then what? And Kamala, they, they're not going to let her run for president. They're not. No. So, I mean, you no. have to be there. But I want to know why the Republicans in the Senate are not going to try to block this woman from becoming right. senator on the basis of non-residency. Because it's, it's unconstitutional. Constitution. Why aren't right. they saying this is we? You know, we are going to. And I, I don't know what the procedure is for blocking her on that basis. So I'm not not the expert on Senate procedure, but it is absolutely illegal. I mean, maybe you have to file suit. I don't know what you have to do, but the GOP should have done it today. They should have uh, been uh, in court or whatever. And it should have been 9 a.m. this morning, Eastern Time. They should have been uh, doing whatever it takes to make sure this woman does not become U.S. Senator because. It, if you're saying now that you could appoint as a governor someone to the U.S. Senate from any old place you feel anywhere like, you want, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, I mean, that's, that's that insane. Where would that end? Where is Harmie Dillon, by the way? Harmie Dillon is an RNC committee woman. She's an attorney. She's based here in California. Has Harmeet said anything about this today? No, no. And you know what? The part, well, I, you know, I used to even work with. And I hate Harmeet, to ha- call out Harmeet no. individually, but you know, this would be something you would think that Harmeet would weigh in on. Well, you, you know what her recent activity was, and that was trying to deny Trump GOP delegates from the state of California in the next election. So I don't know if you saw what Laura Loomer did on that a few months ago, but I'm yeah, not we talked about that. I hire me because I do know her personally. I think she's a nice person. Um, yeah. You know, I've had private conversations with her before, but I've been a little puzzled by some things lately. And right. um, that that would be, you know, you're right. She should have been the one that jumped out this morning and said, "We are going to block this on constitutional yeah. grounds, either through." the Senate or through the courts, one way or the other, you cannot let this happen. So if this woman is confirmed as U.S. Senator, because there's still a confirmation process that occurs, I believe, I don't think it's just, yeah, he, he picked this woman, but she hasn't just instantly become U.S. Senator. So there has, yeah, to, I believe there has the to be, process. I believe there has to be a vote. So, and normally that yeah. would be a formality. Normally they would just defer to whatever governor and whoever they wanted to pick. But um, in this case, I think there should be a very loud objection. And there wasn't. Yeah, I didn't see that. No, I didn't see it. No, no. The Republicans are too busy today accusing Matt Gates of attacking McCarthy per, exactly. for personal reasons. So it's, exactly. it's a shame. Brian Maloney, always love your wisdom and your strategy. 
Appreciate it. All right. All right. Have a great rest of your night, my dear. All right. And you guys stay tuned. Thanks, sweetie. You guys stay tuned. What's killing young Americans? Did you guys know that we've had a spike uh, of in four, a 40% spike of deaths of working age people between 18 and 64? What's that all about? Well, Edward, Ed, Edward Dowd, author of Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022, will be with us next. Stay tuned. Andrea Kay, bringing the world a much needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. on Monday, my favorite day of the week. Hey, before the break, I was telling you guys that we've had, I think everybody knows that we've had a spike in deaths of young people, right? Have we not seen people dropping dead from all kinds of athletes and other people? It's happened with people that I know in my life. The sudden adult death syndrome, right, as they're calling it. The CEO of the One America Insurance Company recently disclosed that during the third and fourth quarters of 2021, death in people of working age 18 to 64 was 40% higher than it was before the pandemic. Interestingly enough, the majority of the deaths, though, were not attributed to COVID. Think about that, 40% increase. So what's calling all the causing all of these deaths in young people, you ask? Well, we we got to get some answers, right? Joining me now is Edward Dowd. He's author of the book Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. And he joins me now. Hi, Ed Dowd. Thank you for being here on uh, the Andrea K. Show. Thanks for having me on, Andrea. Great to be here. Thank you. So I'm, I'm scratching my head because we had a pandemic. The spikes in 2021 for young people wasn't that significant, even though that's when things were hit, hit the hardest on us. Um, but they jumped in, in 21 and 2022. What's going on? Yeah, so 2020, there were about 500,000 excess deaths. Excess means above the long-term trend line in the U.S. And they're mostly old people with comorbidities. And then mysteriously, we had the same number of deaths, excess in the U.S., 500,000. But there was a huge mix shift from old to young. And the, the insurance CEO of One America, Scott Davison, saw that in his business results. In the third and fourth quarter, he saw 40% excess claims in his group life insurance business. And group life is the uh, policy where you, you, you join a Fortune 500 or medium-sized company and you get a death benefit should you should you die. And what's alarming is uh, it's usually one or two times your base salary and you have to be employed to get it. What's alarming is uh, this, you know, you're not expected to die when you're between the ages of 25 and 44. And we saw horrendous uh, excess of death in 21, 22, and it continues in 23, especially amongst the employed. In the insurance industry in 21, in the group life policyholders across all the insurance companies in the U.S. The Society of Actuaries saw 40% excess mortality in 21. The general U.S. population was 32%, so it was eight points higher. Why is that interesting? That's interesting because the insurance industry already knows that this group is the healthiest amongst us. And in any given year prior to 21, uh, this group of people, especially 25 to 44, would die at one-third the mortality rate of uh, the general U.S. population you know, a third to 40%. So something flipped in 2021. And then we also looked at disability data that also flipped. Employed started to getting their disability rates went up 31%. The general U.S. population went up 8%. So something uh, affected the, the employed population of the U.S. It became detrimental to your health from a macro metadata standpoint to be employed. And my, my thesis and the thesis of my team is that it's the vaccines and job mandates. Now, 
We're open to any other possibilities, but that's the only one that makes sense to us. Otherwise, we've got a national security problem. Well, we, we already have a national security problem. I said that to Senator Ron Johnson in December. So this needs to be investigated. Uh, and I, the most likely culprit is the vaccines. Of course, you're not allowed to talk about that. Uh, on any mainstream media outlets and uh, and whatnot. And the health authorities see the data we see, and they remain quiet. Yeah. What would be a national security reason? You said it's either the vaccines or it's a national security reason. What would that be? Oh, it's, bo- it's, bo- it's both. Uh, it, 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 despite the cause, uh, I misspoke, despite the cause, these numbers, the numbers are the numbers. And we have excess death, we have disabilities going off the rails, and we have lost work time as well. Uh, lost work time rates are up 70% in 2022 versus the 20-year history. So people are getting sick, disabled, and dying. And the numbers are so big that uh, if we continue at the, num- at the current rates that we're seeing, uh, we won't have a standing military in five years. And um, I'm going to say that, it, it, that it, you know, if, it, you know, if, it, if I don't, I'm trying to think of an expression I would use, but if it, cracks, if it quacks like a duck, it's a duck, right? I mean, what, what other explanation could there be? As you've delved into, does, you, does your book go into, okay, we've got these numbers and, and the numbers don't lie. Do, do you also break it down in terms of what the cause of death is? You say that it's not caused by COVID. So if it's caused by myocarditis, if it's caused with blood clots, if we see a pattern of the government's had to finally admit the myocarditis connections, uh, Naomi Amy Wolf has recently said with her team uh, that she has uncovered documents and emails. They did a FOIA request in which they uncovered 472 emails uh, based upon their request for things connected to myocarditis, uh, including 46 pages that were heavily redacted. And it was all about messaging and trying to cover up the fact that they knew that it was causing myocarditis. They knew that it was causing deaths. They lied to the American people that it was that the myocarditis was extremely rare, that it was treatable and that it was um, I can't remember the other the other lie that they told about it. Um, (laughs) Have you and your research connected it to these deaths to myocarditis or blood clots? So uh, initially we worked with just all cause mortality data, but we we, uh, the book was written at the end of uh, 2022, December. And we've continued to do our research. We put out a recent uh, study last week, and it, it, it's now profiled in Zero Hedge. We looked at the UK uh, disability data, which is off the charts across all body systems. And then we focused specifically on cardiovascular uh, disease and ICD-10 codes. And we, uh, uh, in our report that, that's on our website, financetechnologies.com, spelled with a PH, we highlighted that just uh, cardiovascular deaths have, ex- have risen, and we're talking excessive, above the trend. But it was, and by the way, it was trending down over the past uh, 20 years, but it started to tick, tick up uh, precipitously. So we saw a 13% increase in 2020, 30% increase in 21, and 44% increase in 2022. We suspect 20, 2023 will be worse because the excess mortality all cause in the UK in this age group 15 through 40, and we're talking age group 15 to 44, not talking old folks. 15 through 44, uh, their excess mortality from all causes has risen to 20%, a new all-time high in the UK on the 2023 annualized numbers. So we're starting to drill down into some of the causes. And just remember, cardiovascular is just one cause of, of these deaths. But they tend to be very dramatic because it, 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 tend, it tends to kill you immediately. So that definitely the trend is on the rise. We suspect that's going on in the U.S. We're going to try to look for other data in other countries. But we've definitively shown there's a signal that is 10, we call 10 standard deviations above norm in 2022. And to give your audience an idea what a standard deviation is, it's just it's a measurement of probabilities around an average. So 
Uh, Ten standard deviations is what we call black swan event. Three standard deviations above trend is uh, happens 0.3% of the time. So you can imagine what 10 is. And mm-hmm. just to give you, your audience an idea what, 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 what three is, 3.8 is the chance of you getting struck by lightning at least once in your lifetime. So 10 wow. is, is, is a signal. Right. We're talking to Edward Dowd, author of the book Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. Would sudden deaths include overdoses? Because we know we've got a drug crisis in this country with fentanyl pouring over our border. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're definitely overdoses. And those have been occurring, but they're not they're not statistically a way. Well, they're up slightly in uh 2020, 21, and 22, but they're not statistically off the charts that could account for all hmm. these signals we're seeing. And, and you know, the one thing I want to point out is in the third quarter of 2021, uh, there was an event that occurred in the group life insurance industry. The Society of Actuaries saw 84% excess mortality or excess claims in the third quarter of 2021. It went from 30% up to 84, very suddenly in age groups 25 through 44. And the explanation uh, to say it's not the vaccines is the following. It, it's a, it's besides it's a missed cancer screening appointments and drug overdoses. What do we know about uh, people who work at Fortune 500 and uh, uh, mid-sized companies? They tend not to be heroin users and or fentanyl users, and they tend not to keep their jobs very long. So the, if they had become heroin or fentanyl users, they probably would have been fired and wouldn't have shown up as a claim because you need to be employed to get this death benefit. So that, and, and we wouldn't see a rash of drug overdoses in the third quarter. What we do know happened in the third quarter was job mandates, where people were forced to make a decision. And that was a very mm-hmm. specific spike up uh, very suddenly. The missed cancer screening appointments make zero sense because uh, that's not a thing. You don't, I, I've never been to my doctor to do cancer screening. You do cancer screening once you present as ill, okay? You don't, right. you don't, it's not a regular annual thing. Insurance companies don't pay for that. So that, that's, right. that's hogwash. And then the third one, suicides. Well, yeah, do suicides occur? But there was not a group suicide pact in Fortune 500 mid-sized companies in 2021 where like people were gainfully employed. They didn't suddenly become depressed and off themselves. So the, the, the only thing that makes any sense to me is the smoking gun event was the third quarter. There was a temporal sudden rise from 30 percent. Uh, it, it was already up high excessively, 30 percent horrendous, but then it shot in one quarter up to 84 percent. And this is not my data. Society of Actuaries data. Wow. Well, what do you what do you want to see from your data? What do you want to see happen next? Well, there's a couple things. I mean, so, so right now the mainstream media won't touch me with the ten foot pole. Uh, the health authorities see what we see, but they, they remain silent. I did go before Senator Ron Johnson in December, told him there was a national security issue, presented my data. He didn't, he's he's a, a Republican, so he has no power in the Senate at the moment. I want to get in front of Congress and testify. And uh, so far, the uh, House Republicans have not reached out to me or others who are pointing out these anomalies. And so I would love uh, to be able to get my data in front of anybody who wants to listen, because the data is the data. And we have numbers now that are worse than the pandemic in terms of uh, excess mortality, disabilities Mm -hmm. and and lost work time. I mean, this this is beyond the lost work time is uh, up 70 percent. It went up in 2020 because because of the lockdowns. But we are well beyond that now. It went up to about 40 percent. In, in 2020, 
and then shot up to 70 in 2022. So this is a joke, in my humble opinion. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and I'm disappointed in the Republicans. I mean, oh, they were going to do this, you know, committee, uh, oversight committee on the origins of COVID. Look, we all know it was, you know, started in the Wuhan lab. How about you do an investigation into fraud Fauci, the CDC, the FDA, the NIH, and the NIAID, and the withholding of treatments, the uh, locking healthy people in their homes, the lies about the masks. I mean, I don't know if you saw, but I mean, speaking of joke that the mrna researchers that led to the covid shots got a nobel peace prize are you kidding me i doubt no they hadn't even been tested in uh (laughs) humans before they rolled it out i mean uh, and and (laughs) moderna but people need to understand about the company moderna they had not had a revenue producing product ever approved by the fda until covid19 they couldn't they could never get around the fact that all the rats died. So yeah. <laughs> somehow somehow somebody thought it, it would be a good idea to, to uh, run a 28, 28 day clinical trial, then then say, voila, it works. And the safety, by the way, we looked at the safety data from the, the Pfizer clinical trial and it's horrendous in the Moderna clinical trial. Yeah. There were safety signals there. They should have shut the thing down, but they didn't. Yeah. So, you know, th- this originates in the clinical trial. There was fraud. Eventually it will be proven. Absolutely. I also I don't know if you also saw town halls reporting that the Mayo Clinic scrubbed uh, hydroxychloroquine as a treatment for COVID from their website. Well, that that seems uh, to be a little uh, excessive because we all know it works. Anecdotally, yeah. I, I have, I, have a, I have an obese friend who uh, has lupus, and because they take hydroxychloroquine, they, 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 they didn't get COVID. Isn't that interesting? They haven't yeah, gotten wow. COVID yet. Yeah. Absolutely. Ed Dowd, I appreciate you being here tonight. The, everyone needs to get the book Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. And you guys need to be on the phone with your Congress people and tell them that you want to hear from Ed Dowd, and they need to have some hearings on this. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. And you guys stay tuned. Final segment of tonight's Andrea K. Show coming right up. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Rounding out hour two here with our new producer, DJ Sesame Broccolini. What's going on, everybody? Happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so glad to have you soon to be daily uh i know that there's lots of things happening at the station at the studio that they need to get you caught up with but i'm just glad to have you catching up with us the final few minutes of the show what do you want to share with us tonight well uh dinesh d'souza has a new movie coming out and i tell you what mm-hmm. i i actually think i'm going to go to the theaters for the first time in, in many many years at this point uh and i'm going to pay 30 bucks for parking and 30 bucks for popcorn but it's going to be a really really good movie it's called police state and it's going to be in in theaters this month for just two days but if you can everybody do yourself a favor get your tickets online wow i love his movies i mean let me tell you going back to he had a movie uh called 2016 and he predicted at the end of barack obama's presidency in 2016 that we would have a military we would be militarily and economically neutered and he was right his movies are dead on spot on the man is brilliant hat tip to me i need to uh, or memo to me i need to get him on the show there was a, a poll that came out recently that said something like 70 percent of americans which means including Democrats and independents who said uh, that we were approaching a, a police state and they said it was the FBI that they blamed for it. There is no respect for the FBI. What is D'Souza talking about in, in his piece, his movie? Oh, so much with the FBI, so much with mass surveillance, which really has exploded in the last 20 years, thanks to technology um, and also the Patriot Act. Um 
which brings us back to this bloated national security state that we have, which happens to have a vice grip, a stranglehold on a political power in this country. Um, and that includes the DOJ, the FBI, the ATF, the DEA, and these organizations which operate with almost no oversight from the people or really even the government itself basically operate as miniature sovereigns, as many empires. Mm -hmm. They do whatever they want. They will lie, cheat, steal, kill, propagandize, indoctrinate, brainwash, and even, and even undermine the integrity of your elections in order to protect this hold they have over power. So I think it's really, really important for people to set aside their political differences and come together around this idea because we created a police state in the wake of 9-11, and I understand why, but now that state is being turned against the American people, and we're treating law-abiding mm -hmm. citizens like we did terrorists 15, 20 years ago. Well, they successfully used uh, panic back then on us. Mm -hmm. And during COVID, it was you, you, if you don't stay locked inside your home as a healthy person and you walk outside, you're going to get COVID and die, right? Um, they used back then, they used uh, panic over terror uh, to get Americans to willingly give up their freedoms mm -hmm. in the form of the Patriot Act. And the solution was not big government. TSA is a failure. I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> Uh, th well, that was a department of like 99% of yeah. the time. They still get the weapon by the TSA. Yeah, like exactly. De department of Homeland Security. All these, all, all George W. Bush, uh, did nothing but take the terrorist attack that happened, excuse the, the people behind it, and then move to spend trillions of dollars to remove the freedoms of American people mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. pave the way for the police state that we have today. Oh, absolutely right. And it's, it's, look, I, I get, the sort of history of this and the underlying roots. I want to have a safe country and I want to have some federal law enforcement agencies. And I understand the arguments for, for actually having some kind of an overarching law enforcement group, which is what a DEA or ATF is supposed to be. But at the same time, you open the door to tyranny by giving the feds more power over society and over creating regulations and going around Congress and putting the squeeze to Americans with so many legal hoops and regulations it's so difficult to follow this stuff you basically have to be a lawyer to be able to to follow all of the rule changes and the policy changes that are constantly going back and forth and it's interesting to hear from these fbi whistleblower types like mr steve friend mm -hmm. who's talked about going to parking lots to surveil people um and it's just crazy so i look it's there's so much that's going on but we're living in what feels like it feels like the u.s is turning into the ussr so i think people should go see this movie police state when it comes out because i suspect it's going to be really really good well i can't wait to see we are turning into the ussr there's absolutely no doubt about it. And I actually, I want to, I wanted to pull up this quote. Oh, I don't have time for it. Um, it has to do with, uh, Germans saying that inch by inch, basically, that, you know, oh, what's just one more freedom taken away from us? Yep. And they didn't take it seriously till they had to put the star of David on their, on their coats. Yep. Um, we need to stop this now while we still can. Thank you for looking forward to many more shows with you, Riley. Thanks you guys for being here. Thanks to my guest. Email me at andrewkshow.com. Don't forget to download the podcast. Love you all. See you tomorrow, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Peace out. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.